Welcome to the Recruitment Flex with Serge and Shelly. I'm Serge. And I'm Shelly. And we talk all things recruitment starting right now. Welcome to the Recruitment Flex. I'm Serge Boudreaux. And this week we talk about retention bonus. We look into what Apple has recently done. And can you leverage a very similar approach? Bonus after quitting after two weeks? Is that a thing? And the last thing we'll talk about is if you put out a generic message, you're going to get generic talent. So again, I want to welcome my lovely co-host, Shelly. How's it going, Shelly? Hi, Serge. Do you know, it's going really well. I'm seeing things coming together that I was working on for the last year and a half. You know, projects and pursuing new clients. And wow, it feels like the business market is really receptive to talent acquisition (laughs) and think about it. What's it like for you out there? Everyone's looking for a solution, right? And then they're seeing an expert like you out there be like, we need to talk to this person because what she's saying is obviously on the mark. So let's talk to Shelly. I think that's what's happening out there. Yeah, And Serge and you too. Do you know, it's the year of talent acquisition. One of the things Serge, when I started Higher Value eight years ago, it was like, I knew the timing of the market, what is coming. And my vision was always, I need to work up to and be prepared to ride this wave. And I think the wave is here. What do you think? Oh, I think the wave has been here since 2019. And the wave took a a dip in 2020 for three, four months. Then 2021 was crazy. But I think this is the year where everything comes together. And we're finally going to see the light of a better world for talent acquisition. In a couple of ways is we are finally having a seat at the table, which we've never seen. Right. We're having CEOs and executives actually listen to us because they're seeing the dramatic impact it is to their business. And they're realizing we need to do things differently. We need to focus on... We need to have a how, plan. We need how about to have that? A plan. We need to have a strategy. We need yeah. to have a brand for candidates, which mm-hmm. in the past, they never really saw the impact or thought that it was important is if we have the jobs, people will line up people to the jobs. People will just line up and come. I know. It's the reckoning. I, I love that you use that term. Do you know, just speaking of new year, big changes, Serge... You've got some huge news that I'd like you to share with the audience because, man, I am excited about this. I don't know how you've managed to keep this a secret so far, but can you share with our audience your big news? Yes, I can. Not too long ago, we had the CEO of a company called Alongside who acquired Career Beacon, which is the leading job board in Atlantic Canada, also based out of the city where I was born and spent all my youth in. We met Eve on this podcast. Eve found a way to attract me to go join Career Beacon as their VP of Business Development, Head of Sales. So as of this week, I have a new role. I'm still doing some of my consulting work, but I'm, I'm phasing that out. We've got a ton of exciting news that's coming down the pipeline. When we talk about HR tech investment, and, and we're going fully across Canada, not right away, but we will. And then we're going to hit the rest of the world. So I'm excited to <laughs> join uh, a really exceptional team, but also getting back in the job board world. As you know, we met when I was at Workopolis and we really started working together and creating the relationship that we have when I was Indeed. So it's 
interesting for me to get back in that world, but I am extremely excited and Everyone do check out careerbeacon.com. Congratulations. I know you and I talked through your decision. And I knew when you started talking about the fact that Eve was building the dream team, there will be some incredible technology. When we look at alongside what he's done, how innovative he is in his thinking. But for me, I knew the deal was sealed when you started talking about the dream team. So very exciting news. Congratulations, Serge. Yeah, he's brought in some very impressive people and he's taking this really seriously. And Eve is an innovator and I have full confidence Mm -hmm. in what he's doing, but he also understands that he needs to have people that know what they're doing. Not to do my own horn, but I think he did that. Yeah. The one thing that is really fascinating, and obviously they've done something really right, they're the only market in North America that's been able to keep Indeed at bay. Kudos to them. So thank you, Shelly. Really exciting. But let's jump into this week because I think a lot of it relates to challenges that everyone is is seeing. If we look at 2022 and looking back at 2021, and it, it was a great resonation, everyone lost a lot more people than they expected to. And for some companies, they're a shitty place to work. So they're going to lose people. But there's some really good companies that lost good people, right? Mm -hmm. And we're going to continue seeing that as people are trying to figure out, well, the supply and demand is off. So we're going to go aggressively where the talent is. And one of those companies that's feeling that pain, believe it or not, is Apple. What Apple did at the end of December, and I would love to get your insight on, is they actually surprised a number of their engineers with year-end bonuses. And what they did is they gave them a bonus in restricted stock units, and it ranged from a value of 50000 to 180000 It came as a surprise to all these engineers, and mm-hmm. I really do think they had to do it because what's happening with Meta, or as we know them better, Facebook, has been aggressively recruiting Apple engineers to build the metaverse. And obviously, if you're trying to build something that is completely new, you're trying to get the best possible talent. And where else are you going to recruit but Apple? So Apple is being proactive to make sure that they don't lose more people and that these people are engaged and feel that they're well taken care of. Shelly, what's your take on this? Mm -hmm. Is this something that we're going to start seeing more and more? And is this just a software developer engineer type of roles? Or are we going to start seeing this in other uh, verticals and other types of roles? Not a really surprising move. Here's the double-edged sword of doing something like this. What you're always going to hear is the urban legend that somebody got $180,000 to stay (laughs) that will pay out over the next two or three years. And then everyone expects that number. And then they come to you and say, your retention bonus is only $50,000. It'll be interesting to see expectations because If it's now being reported by Fortune magazine and in Recruiting News Network, if I'm working at Apple as an engineer, like employees always think they're worth more than they really are. So it could have kind of a reverb effect, I'm thinking. The other part of this was that if you're going to go work in that industry, say it's Apple or here in Calgary, the energy industry, realize that if you're not an engineer, you're part of the supporting cast and crew. And so what we saw, over the Christmas season was that the retail side of Apple, those employees on Christmas Eve, 500 of their retail employees walked off the job. 
Yes. You're taking care of one side of the house. This article comes out toting these incredible retention bonuses, yet you're ignoring the fact that without sales, which would be their retail arm being a large part of it, who's going to pay these engineers? Like I know Apple's got a ton of money, but I think the lesson for us, even in our local market or as talent acquisition people, is to keep an eye on the entire company. Yes. You know, it appears to me that they turned a blind eye to what was happening to the other half of the company, and that was their retail workers. They get concerned. And when you yeah. lose 100 people in a couple of months over to Facebook, it definitely raises some eyebrows, especially what you're trying to build. Like, they have engineers trying to build their own electric car solution. And obviously that skill set cannot easily be acquired somewhere else. So as the business, they're like, this is a bigger risk. If we look at retail, they'll figure out a way how to hire people in retail. And they might be right, they might be wrong, especially in this environment. It's impossible to find almost any type of role but the roles that they're losing are so critical to their operations and what their mm-hmm. revenue is going to be in one, two, three, five, ten years from now that I can see why they would focus on that. But the thing is with Apple, their reputation as an employer is taking uh, a little bit of a shit kicking this year yeah. with, with a couple of things being wishy-washy as far as the ability to work from home. They've had to take that back several times mm-hmm. as most other large tech companies have been like, no, you're going to work from home forever. That's where they got to. And Apple has been resistant to do that. And I'm not surprised. It's always been part of their culture because one of the things that Tim Cook said is, would the iPhone been invented if everyone was working from home? And it's a valid question, right? There's mm-hmm. a certain collaboration when it comes to these types of projects that having everyone in one space can actually encourage innovation Is there ways around it? Absolutely. The other side of it, these roles are so critical that you have to do something. If you see additional migration of that staff, it it could seriously affect the trajectory of the company. So let me ask you this, Serge, in your opinion, once you have seen a new opportunity and you're actually considering it, because this is a wonderful um, example, because I believe what attracted these engineers was the opportunity yes. to be part of this new Facebook metaverse. It's about the work, right? Like you can throw money at people and say, if you'll stay, we'll pay you another 180000 Are they really worth it if their heart has already left? Being engaged in your work is so important. So I don't know. In my opinion, I'm saying that retention bonus is a bad idea if you're doing it in reaction to the fact that you've got waves of resignations and early retirements because they had more interesting work, in my opinion. All very valid points. But the other factor is how many levers can you actually pull? And this one is probably the easiest and the cheapest way in the long run that you can pull really quickly. You're all seeing a migration of workers going to Tesla Mm -hmm. because Tesla needs the talent that Apple has that is actually building their own car technology. So I agree, but it's one lever. There needs to be more. There needs to be... I'm reading between the lines a bit here too, Serge, because maybe we're hanging on to the romantic side of what Apple used to be. They were the innovators. Now it's Tesla. Tesla's going to change the world in certain ways. And so people that were attracted to being part of that, Apple just throwing money at people, it's not representative of what they used to be. And that is being regarded as the most 
innovative and kind of sexy place to work. Anyways, that's just my two cents on it. Yeah, talking about innovative ways to bring on new employees, there's a story that really piqued my interest. The CEO of Trenial, Chris Rongio, came up with a policy that after two weeks, employees are given the option, if they want to quit, we'll give you $5,000. And what they're trying to avoid is because of this market and the supply and demand is so skewed, the interview process and how they're making hiring decisions a lot quicker. So there's bound to be more errors when it comes to hiring. So their solution to this, and this has been done by Amazon as well. I've seen this across Zappos the board. Zappos did it first. Yeah, Zappos. The online shoe company, that was 2008. Yeah. If someone comes on board and they decide this is not the culture they want to work in, they can quit and they'll get a 5K bonus, which I don't know. I want to know your thoughts and I'll I'll jump into what I think. What's your initial Mm -hmm. thought of this? Do you know, part of me says like how fucking clever. I've always thought it was a very, very good idea because, you know, the... The, the cost of hiring the wrong person, say they get past their 90 days, certainly in Canadian employment law, they are your problem. And so having to terminate somebody at, say, the one-year mark, I think $5,000 is a less expensive approach because depending on the role they were hired into, especially if they were management, in Canada, that can cost you tens of thousands of dollars, even if they've only been on the job for six months. I would imagine there's some other strings attached to this, that if you turn down the $5,000 and decided to throw your whole self into your role, there's got to be something that you sign off on to say that I am satisfied with my role. I believe that what you're asking of me is realistic. I think there's more HR under this than there is really recruitment story. Normally, I I would agree with that. But the way employment works in the US, most employees are at will anyway. So they're not entitled to anything after the facts. What they've done in the past is offer 2,500 and they just jumped to the 5,000. They realized what the 2,500 is, no one ever took it. And I think the reason no one took it is 2500 is peanuts, right? I'm well, not on what job you're in, right? Well, exactly. But Zappos, most... it was customer service people, right? Yes. In this case, this is uh, a tech company. So I'm assuming the salaries are way higher. So it's 2500 just to quit instead of writing it out and looking for another job. Is that a better option for employees? And I think the error here is 5000 is just not enough as well. I don't think they're going to see any uptake because mm-hmm. when people think about what is the impact of $5,000 compared to, I'm just going to keep working until I find that job and I'm making ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a month, why not stick around and collect that paycheck even if you hate it? It's only going to be for a short amount of time. I like the concept because a lot of companies are going through the hiring process a lot quicker than they're used to. Mm-hmm. So there's bound to be hiring mistakes. And the flip side to it is by being faster and being more efficient, it might actually work the other way where they're actually doing a better job in hiring than they have in the past. I just don't think 5000 enough. I think you made the amount 15, 20,000 or based on what the salary is, like a 10% of what they do, I think the uptake will be higher mm-hmm. um 
But what's your take on that? Yeah, there's a lot of missing information in this. And, and so this article is somewhat of a clickbait headline grabber because it sounds like a lot of money, but it's not. You're right. If you're earning $10,000 a month, then $5,000 to leave. Come on. However, I would also say that from his perspective as an entrepreneur and a business owner, the fact that at two weeks, you need to make a decision because the cost of training and onboarding is staggering. You're not always hiring somebody who's just plug and play. For the most part, you're not, right? So being able to cut your losses at two weeks, thats I think it's a pretty smart move from that perspective. You know what I really like about it is they're trying something. This is yeah. where so many companies are just going with the status quo of what they've done before and just hope that this problem goes away with market dynamics. Like the world yeah. just goes back to what it was two, three years ago. And we both know there's no return to normal. That doesn't mm -hmm. exist. So if that's in your vocabulary and that's how you're talking to your staff, yeah. there is no return to normal. Yeah. It is a new reality that we're moving forward. People yeah. that think of different concepts and, and different ways to mm -hmm. engage their talent, I, I got to give them credit. At least they're trying yeah. something. I know. And I hardly ever get the last point here, but I think it ties into our next topic. Okay. And that is, if nothing else... This company or the CEO, mission accomplished, whether or not the 5,000, 2,500, that's not even the point. Maybe the whole point of doing this was to get the publicity out of it. And I know our next topic here is coming from my number one favorite employer brand person, James Ellis, talking about that if, if you think you can just post boring job ads with a bunch of bullet points, your bait will determine your result. Maybe that was the point of this CEO throwing out what seems to be so innovative, $5,000 to quit. But maybe that's the mission was how else will you get in front of candidates? How else do you create interest? But before we talk about James Ellis, Serge, I just wanted to chat through something we talked about last week. I know we were absolutely thrilled to be able to report that 16,000 recruiter jobs were posted in 24 hours. Do you know, and my first reaction to that was, wow, good for us. I think both of us thought that. It's the first time in talent acquisition that companies have begun to realize that just having an HR person isn't enough. But the other thing that I thought of that I just wanted to share with our audience is part of our responsibility in talent acquisition is to feed this live market data back to the, the leadership of the organization. Because, Serge, what would you say is average days to start. Let's say half of them are filled in what is the 30 days, 30, 40 30 days. days. Okay. So let's dial the clock forward 30 days. Somebody has been onboarded. So it's end of February. What do you think is about to happen? 8,000 new recruiters are on the market. And the first thing I'm going to want to do is impress the hell out of the people who just hired me. And they are coming after your employees. Like this is more than just replacing what was lost during yeah. COVID, right? We need to let our leaders know either that, or you need to cut off everybody's access to LinkedIn. <laughs> well, I don't because think that's the recruiters are coming. There is a tsunami of recruiters that are going to hit the market and they are going to be super aggressive. So by the end of February, man, oh man, I don't know if company bonuses are going to even be enough 
Well, there's a couple of things that you said in there. So yes, there was 16,000 recruiter jobs that were posted. And I'm going to make the assumption that number is going up on a daily basis. The flip side to it as well is there's only so many recruiters, like the supply and demand is way off. So there's going to be a lot of new recruiters as well that have never been in recruitment. And they're going to be aggressive to your point. They're going to try to impress their boss. So yes, is that going to cause more friction in the system as far as more of our employees are going to be targeted? Absolutely, it's going to happen. So this is where we have to double down as employers of how well we treat our employees and being proactive to making sure that they're happy. And it doesn't mean if they're meeting with a recruiter, that's a bad thing. I've never discouraged anyone of talking to a recruiter that works on my team because they might learn something new and they might give me some market information as far as how well our competitors are paying in the market so I can make adjustments, all these things. This is why it's so important you treat your people well and you're proactive to making sure that they have all the resources, they're working on things that are enticing, working on things that are exciting. So when they do get that they have the conversation, they don't plan on moving. So So I guess my other prediction here, Serge, just tagging onto what you're saying, is I believe that the great resignation, everyone thought that was happening in 2021. Oh, no, I, I think we're about to see it in March or April of this year. Companies are going to see people leaving at a rate What can you do other than throw up the alarm bell and ensure that your managers, not just the CEO, but everyone at that middle management and below level is having really good conversations, retention conversations, like what would it take for you to leave so that you've got a a handle on who's a flight risk long before they get the call from the recruiter, because those calls aren't coming until the end of February. Any good organization has a really good idea of who is the flight risk and who's not because they're paying attention to all the cues that are out there and they're having those discussions. That's a really bold prediction as far as seeing the rate of resonations drive up in, in March and April. I'm not sure how effective these recruiters are going to be. And to the point that you mentioned last week is, Destroying recruiters at the problem is not always the solution. Is there going to be a higher level of resonations than there was in 2020? Yes. Is it going to be higher than 2021? I'm not convinced. I, oh, I, I it's am. going to be high, mm. but I just okay, don't we'll think see. it's going to be as high. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> I honestly believe it's going to be a 10x because you've got that many recruiters back into the market. Anywho, what can companies do? Certainly for retention, we talk about throwing money at people or that sort of thing. But at the end of the day, I I think having a conversation with the person you report to, because that's why people leave or making sure that your employees actually know where your company's headed. So they're excited about your future and not this shiny thing that, you know, is going to be meta. (laughs) Yeah. Well, they'll go work there. Right. Transparency and communication, two fundamental elements of any successful company and management style has to be in effect. If you are not transparent and you don't communicate well, your employees are at risk. Mm -hmm. Do you think that there's much value in companies still pumping money into their website, their career page, like as far as attracting people? Because the other side of this is when people leave, you need to fill roles. I know James Ellis talks a lot about putting some heart and soul 
into your job ads? And do you think companies are paying attention to that? Or do you think they're just going to be so panicked uh, by this, that this is just another year that'll go by that they're just not paying attention? No, I think they'll be paying attention because they'll realize that they do need to replace these people. Obviously, retention is going to fall into talent experience and HR, and they're going to have a big responsibility and bring it to a level that makes sense that they're on top of it, but they're going to struggle. It's not important to put money into just generic messaging that 90% of career sites that are out there right now have just shitty messages that we're a great place to work and it's the stock they all say the same thing like honest to god right they 90 safety is our priority yeah (laughs) you could go to 100 websites and they'll all say that so to bring up that idea of james ellis and before we go any further james ellis is releasing his book the employment brand handbook it's one of my favorite books in employment brand so he's releasing it all on his podcast i call the talent cast definitely check it out because he's a very entertaining person to listen to his cadence Mm -hmm. on how he talks is i could listen to him forever but he put out an idea in his newsletter which is probably my favorite newsletter after the recruiting brain food that he talks about your bait determines your results everyone is expecting they're going to put this generic message that everyone else has but somehow they're going to get candidates that are different than what everyone else gets. And I love this line. If you put out generic messages and ideas, you will only attract generic talent. And I've been talking about this for a long time and all the surveys and everything I read says one thing. People want authentic content. They want to hear it from employees actually doing the job. So if you're not going to do that and when leaders talk about, we want the the top level of employees, like we want to be seen as an employer of choice, then you go look at their career sites and their job advertisement, and it's the same shit as everyone else. This is the year to really put some heart and soul, to be creative, to stand out, to say message that people maybe are not used to, but is real. I'm still seeing the same thing. Like I'm looking at a lot of career sites. I'm looking at a lot of job ads. It hasn't changed. No one has really taken it seriously. When I say no one, there is the exceptions, but 90%, nothing has changed. Have they put money in it? Yes. Has it improved? No. They've just made it flashier and even more overly produced and overly engineered. And it's it's a counter effect to what the market is looking for. I know. Do you know, again, when we talk about timing and what's happening in the market, I know I've said from the very beginning as well that you will get back what you put out. I guess that's why I resonate so much with James Ellis and his message. Because if you're not going to do anything innovative or unique, then don't expect anything back, right? You definitely get whatever you put out. Perfect. Well, another fantastic week of the recruitment flights. Always good to see Shelly. If we look at 2022, there's going to be so many exciting things when it comes to the world of talent acquisition, but it it is going to be a very challenging year. So everyone, please keep listening to the recruitment flex where you will get everything that's going on in recruitment tech and recruitment solutions. So thank you, audience. Appreciate you listening. Thank you. See you soon. Oh, you know,
Hi, my name is Sara, and I want to tell you about my podcast called Can I Offer You Some Feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding, or seeking. Feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.